0: Hi, this is Yola, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast.
1: Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today for our 600th episode is a singer songwriter who's currently in the middle of a tour promoting her stellar sophomore album, Stand for Myself. Please welcome. Yola. Hello, Yola. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, man. You are welcome. I'm in Los Angeles. Where are you right now? Um, I am based in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, perfect. So you're there right now because I know you're in the middle of a tour. You got some shows in a couple days.
0: Yes, I do. And um, I am at home at the moment. Yes, in Nashville. Um, We leave tomorrow, tomorrow night and to get back out on the road. So, yeah, no rest for the wicked.
2: And this is it. you have dates booked through, I think, April 2022. So you are you're full on into the touring.
0: <laughs> I really am. It's actually quite insane and also a privilege. I recognize like opening for Chris Stapleton, as I have been. Obviously, he's such this gargantuan artist <laughs> right. with this gargantuan voice, you know, and to be able to be in that space um and to tour on that level you know is just such a privilege really you're really able to function in these times where they're able to take all of the precautions needed to keep everyone safe and if anything happens you know we can be cool we can still have enough separation because the venues are big enough changes everything
2: and last month you actually had covid is that true
0: Yeah, I did. I had COVID, and again because of the large venue and the ability to separate, like we weren't, we didn't even get off our bus to go and do the thing. I think we were supposed to go to a festival, but because of all the protocols, we caught it, and so no one got it off (laughs) us. We just turned around and went home and took our time getting ready. Yes, we had to cancel a couple shows, but the upside was that we were just able to do what we need to do because, of, because we were taking the protocol. And so there's a real benefit to being able to tour in a big tour and to be able to, you know, take all those protocols to make sure that we shut everything down early doors. It's really meant that we can actually do all of these dates and actually be touring.
2: And currently Yola, you're feeling 100%. You're feeling good.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just a blessing. The thing was when you're vaccinated and you get it, it's quite mild.
2: <laughs> Right. so
0: you're really it's, it's like a technicality just waiting for it to be over so like you're not technically you know contagious anymore and then you've got these absolutely stonking antibodies which now everyone's kind of half envious of me for they're <laughs> 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 so just like before the booster was like a thing that was going around and was like oh great now you've got like the super antibodies I'm like yeah like I kind of can't get it now for a bit it's like you know a couple months of you know, good and free times, but like, uh, yeah, like I'm really, I realized how privileged I am to be able to
2: be vaccinated. So many people don't have access to it, you know? Right. Well, we're happy you're vaccinated we're happy. You're feeling well. I have a kind of a fun question to start with. Uh, I'm sure you know already that this past Saturday, Brandy Carlisle wore a a Yola t-shirt on Saturday night live. Here's my question. When you're on Saturday night live, whose t-shirt are you going to wear?
0: Um, oh goodness! Um, well, I'll probably wear Alison Russell t-shirt. Um, I really, really love her as an artist and as a human being. Um, her album's really super stellar, and I think people should hear it. And so, I probably wear an Alison Russell t-shirt.
2: All right, perfect. Uh, I actually love the t-shirt that is uh, for sale on your website, Genre Fluid, because your yes. music your music covers a little bit of everything, like you cannot pigeonhole Yola music. No way. No. And like, but you can hear, I think I also wear my
0: influences on my sleeve. And so it's my influences come from a broad church. Um, And this is like often what I say about what I see as how I define genre fluidity (laughs) Um, is that I'm not in no one's club. I'm in everyone's club. <laughs> and so people are like, so you're in a rock podcast. What are your rock credentials? I'm like, well, I grew up on Queen. <laughs> FY, Freddie played a big role in my life. Tina played a very big role in my life. And if there's anyone that I think should be held aloft as a rock and roll pioneer, certainly with a good when it comes to singing and you know artistry um Tina played a big role for me um obviously sister is a thought being the creator of all of this stuff um we can't li- I'm playing her in the Baz Luhrmann movie about Elvis um and like she played a big role in my understanding of um black women in rock and roll um and still does but from a young age I knew her from, from about her from my teens and so I feel as though that I've been brought up with and, you know, just brought up in this culture of just being aware of people that look like me in rock and roll. And obviously I'm a Brit. So Stones, Beatles, Kinks, you name it, all of that stuff plays big, big, big kind of roles in my perception of how I see music. And so people go, there's something in your music that we can't put our fingers on. And it's like, yeah, because I'm a British rocker.
2: been cast in the Baz Luhrmann movie. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, you're full on in with the making of videos and you are just so natural and comfortable in front of the camera. Where does that confidence come from?
0: Well, I think this is part of the whole legacy. Like I've always, I grew up in the nineties and hip hop and R&B was massive. And most people that look like me were into that, which I was as well. Um, but I was also into Nirvana, and I was also into Soundgarden, and I was into loads of British bands like Skunk and Nancy and stuff like that. And like, always been a, a big lover and a fan of Skin as a as an artist, as singer, as writer. And so, like, I grew up in this environment where, like, I felt that I could, across from looking at the luminaries in America, that gave birth to rock and roll and like my connection to, I suppose, um, rock and roll from America um, and how that kind of spoke to rock and roll in the UK and that transatlantic conversation. Like I felt really like a a connected to that Mm -hmm. um, emotionally from the stones, muddy waters connection to, like Hendrix visiting the UK, Two Sisters at that visiting the UK and doing those famous, you know, shows in the train stations in, uh, in Manchester. Like, I felt as though, I felt part of the story. And so it gives you this sense of confidence to keep on telling the story of how these things speak to you. Like, you need a lot less confidence foundationally when you just, when it's speaking to you. You just can't help it.
2: Yeah, it's funny how music ping-pongs across the Atlantic because the the British really does. The, the British invasion was influenced by our blues artists and then, yes. you know, the rock and roll from here is influenced by the British invasion. So it just keeps going back yes. and forth and uh but I I'm glad you're here in the States with us. We'll take you.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. I honestly like I've been living here for a short amount of time. I moved here early 2020 and I'm just absolutely adoring it. And the thing that I'm feeling is the other side of that ping pong match. And Uh it's really fun. (laughs) And I just want to keep it going. I don't want us to ever stop talking. I want Brits and Americans to carry on playing tennis across the Atlantic. Just keep on developing this thing we love called rock and roll, you know?
2: Absolutely. Okay. It's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So the new album, Stand for Myself, released uh this year, produced mm-hmm. by Dan, produced by Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. He's produced your last two yeah. albums. How do you hook up with Dan? Well, I was um
0: playing uh at this festival um this. Conference called Americana Fest, and you do a lot of showcasing around Nashville. And I was showcasing, and someone took a video and was like, I think um I know someone that's gonna like this. And so a video gets sent via a few people to Dan. And they're like, We we sent this to you because everyone's talking about her in Nashville right now. <laughs> so you just need to know. And and so yeah, that kind of led to us having a conversation uh, on the phone and then planning to come to, for me to travel back to the States. Cause I was still living in the UK at the time to write. And like, we didn't meet until like we wrote one of the first songs on the, on my first album. Like, so it was like, we were just straight in hit the ground running kind of thing, you know, but we talked about the music we had in common. And I think that inexorably led to like the making of standing, stand for myself, because, like we we were talking about the things that we love in soul music, the things that we love in rock music, rock and roll music, the things that we love in roots music and across country Americana, um, you know, everything. And so, yeah, it, that's kind of what gave birth to it was just that meeting and just having this conversation about what we, what our passions were in music, you know, and yeah, then that's kind of, that felt like a, a more point of inspiration for me, just that conversation starting out on this journey.
2: Yola, when you're writing with someone, are you responsible 100% for the lyrics?
0: Um, a, a lot of the time it changes, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time um, it's never really an hundred percent thing. Cause for me, I'm like a, a person that is like, I always have a first chorus. I always have, I, have a, I always have a first verse the chorus. And like I have, a piecemeal second verse that I always want someone to throw in some lines. I'm like, I'm saying this. And they go, yeah, you're pretty much all all, like there. Like, (laughs) should we just like twist that around here? So a perfect example would be the song Stand For Myself. like really influenced by like not just like the Parliament Funkadelic kind of side of the the rockier side of that outfit but also like just psychedelic rock generally and um, I wanted it to have all of the things that I love from the the era in the 70s where rock got really psych and really started communing with funk and communing with jazz and communing with soul music. And that's, that's always been my passion is like talking, um, taking a song, taking a song or taking an idea and like having it commune with something. So yeah, it starts out as a pretty heavy rock and song. And like I put a few kind of weird elements into it, but that was something that I got the most of when I was, um, in maybe 2018, before we mm-hmm. started writing the first record, I was with a friend in London and I've got this song that's keeping me up and it's doing my head in. And so she helps me get it out of my head, which is normally what I need. Like um, I've sung it into my phone into voice notes and then I've just got to try and de-unpack what that is. And so a lot of the lyrics for like that song, for example, um, came from that time when I was just with my friend in London. Uh, yeah trying to get it out of my head and then I'll take it into the studio and I'll be like right okay so I've got something play them the demo and they're like okay this is fire and what do you need I'm like (laughs) I need arrangement like it's just completely progressive there's no structure to it whatsoever I need I need arrangement I need you to help me tweet some of these lyrics in the second verse because I will always have a verse first trust me you'll never need to tweet my first verse but I will need like if if you want a third verse if you want like maybe a bridge from me I'm the slowest to that (laughs) (laughs) and so I always like I always need a finisher that's really like my vibe like I'll get you most of the way there sometimes I'll finish something myself but like I always need a finisher that's me
2: and now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Rock Solid listeners, it's Pat Francis, and I'm here to tell you that we are stepping up our audio game with the new Shore MV7 podcast microphone. Now, look, if you want to get the best audio out of your Zoom interviews, and I know you do, then you need to buy the MV7. It's perfect for podcasting, home recording, and gaming. It plugs right into the USB of your PC or your Mac and it's ready to go. So take your sound to the next level with the Shure MV7 podcast microphone. You know what? I'm using it right now.
1: Now back to the show.
2: I just want to add that uh, one of my favorite songs in the new album is Dancing Away in Tears. such a cool 70s disco type groove to it and uh it's just fantastic
0: oh again like a real gift um to to have such like a song of that quality as well that that tells the other side of the story and again in the 70s it felt like a lot of genres were talking to each other right like i really love that era for how like you know it wasn't just this band only does this like the bgs came from classic rock and with like to whom whom it may concern and run to me and all that business you know and then straight into disco like 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 and what and even dolly sounded like disco in that time and so it's like like everyone was like moving around and like Like genres were communing with each other. And I think I'm really fascinated with rock of that era. And I think that's when I got into Queen, the era that I got into Queen first was like 70s Queen. And just like, just the arrangements, obviously the vocals. Freddie is just like the absolute god of all gods, he was, you know. Absolutely. You can't fight that. Anyone that wants to come at me on that to just jog on, mate.
2: <laughs> no, no. Whenever, whenever people say, oh, if you could go back in time and see one performer live, I mean, Freddie Mercury is always at the top of the list for things people like that.
0: It. Imagine being at Live Aid and that, oh, crowd. oh God, what would you
2: do? <laughs> You know what I love so far, Yola, is you are saying artists. You're saying Freddie and Dolly and Tina, and we don't even need to know those last names. We all but, know who those people are. And look, and, Elton. and and Elton, and look, and hey, Yola, come on. Hey, there's a one name. Is that uh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Elton, you do a cover of "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," yes. and Elton John loves your version. Um.
1: going to land. I should have stayed on the farm. I should have listened to my old man. You cannot hold me forever. I didn't sign up with you. I'm not a present.
2: i mean when elton john sings your praises how does that make you feel like crying? <laughs>
1: like
2: crying
0: he also so brand you know me and brandy carlisle are tight right and right uh, i do
2: know that i do know and
0: that. so like it's my birthday in july 31st anyway um and uh I get a voice call like in I think like in the morning of the first. Of obviously, I'm um, got hangover. And um and I just look, I just pick up the phone and it's Brandy and Elton singing happy birthday
2: to oh me. Oh my God. That doesn't happen
0: in normal people's lives. It
2: doesn't happen No, No.
0: And so yeah, I was like, I was such a dork. Like I wish oh. I'd been cool and that I'd been like, oh hey, and then said something really witty, but I was, I was just weakened <laughs> but like it means so much yeah. like he shared the like my sing my version of his song over all of his socials and then we did Rocket Hour and like he's just been so behind everything it's been really just profoundly meaningful because when I was four I was singing his songs yeah and they've they've you know really raised me you know and his contribution to rock and roll is considerable and meaningful to me as a Brit you know um and so yeah like yeah I really found it hard to control myself or to be cool (laughs) here's um any of that I just kind of stared at him like a freaking idiot (laughs)
2: well here's here's I'm going to say about that continue to be a dork and continue to feel that way because once that stuff doesn't make you feel anything uh, i don't think that's good you know what i'm saying like i i think you should always feel blown away by these other artists
0: yeah i think like being desensitized to these things is a real loss
2: yeah i agree
0: and um i don't really want to get to a point where like i'm just like oh all these like i like in a way i understand that you can transition to a place where you see the humanity in everyone and you don't make them feel like a freaking alien and that is but to then somehow manage to garner and keep a part of your heart that is still the child that danced to you know rocket man in the living room and you know and sang ah Really, like, just so loud, annoying your mother, and like, (laughs) and (laughs) just keep that part that child who is like, Do you remember those memories? And what would that child say now? And yes, still treat this person like a human, don't make them like an alien from outer space, because frankly, no one really likes that. Um, you so to get over that hump is an important hump to be able to get over, but to somehow guard the child within, you know, protect
2: them, value them, hold them aloft. And then when a fan comes up to you after the show and they're, they're freaking out and, and, and nerdy and uh, being a dork, you'll understand it. You'll understand what that's like. And, and that'll make right. you that much more approachable. That's, that's what I feel.
0: it's yes, One of those, I think it, that's how it works. I, I've, I've actually worked against myself in this regard in that, like, and I say against, as in I've been, too much in that direction. I remember doing a show here in Nashville before I'd moved here at all. And like the um, we have a big park, I think it's called Centennial Park in downtown uh Nashville. And it is sizable park, um, you know, and the queue was like the almost the whole circumference of the park, thousands of I must have done thousands of uh, signatures and photos and dedications and all this kind of business um, over a a signing period that was supposed to be, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour and turned out to be like three hours plus. And and I was literally going through people like maybe like 10 seconds per person continually for three hours, no break. And at that point, they were like, "Yeah, you're too personable, Yola. We can't <laughs> stop you from doing this now, because I was also damaging my voice because I wasn't doing any warm down. I yeah. was, it was all dreadful for my body and everything. And everyone wants me to carry on doing songs and writing and doing all stuff. I'm like, well, I'm probably going to have to take my care of myself to be able to do that. So I really had to kind of <laughs> make myself like less of, um, like every- there for." for everybody in all this business but you know like i did love it i'm a people person at heart and so it's you know like i do i do feel that and understand it and have a great sympathy for that kind of that sense of just connecting with music and with artists in that way and my team now protect me for
2: myself (laughs) gotcha man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that Unless you're browsing
1: Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
2: Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
1: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Um, Another one of my favorite songs is Whatever You Want. Mm. And the lyric... Those days are gone forever when I gave you whatever you want. Are your lyrics autobiographical or do you write yes. sometimes as a character?
0: No, it's all me. Sorry, it's all me. I love to sell. let's me I could be try to be mysterious. I'm not really mysterious because I've never really that's not who I am. Like <laughs> like I I it's, I'm an open book. It's me. It's my life. Nope. That's what it was bowing on, and curtsying to the authoritar Excuse my South Park references, but it's a big <laughs> part. Of- <laughs> But the authorita of endless people um, that weren't me, that were just, they had a plan for me sometimes. Uh Uh, I don't have my own agency or like a plan for myself. All All I'm doing is sitting here and waiting for you to have a plan for me. And it involves me obeying your every word. And that was so much of my life. It was just too much of my life. Another one I wrote in 2018, (laughs) um, by and large. And I played it out for quite a long time. And I always felt like there needed to be a bridge or something in it. But, like, it felt, like, quite complete as it was without the bridge. And so I played it out for a while. And then I took it in going, I feel like there's something that I need to kind of, like, tweak in this. did a bit of tweak in the second verse. First verse is perfect, business as usual, Yola. Chorus is perfect, business as usual, Yola. (laughs) A bit of, give me a bridge, give me a second, give me the second half of the second verse, Bob's your uncle. We're home and dry. And, uh, but it was so much, again, I was actually referencing melodically uh, Britpop and like Stone Roses and Blur in the melody. Cause uh, people are like, there's something about that melody. And I know it ain't and they're like, there's something different about that. I'm like, it's very Brit poppy melody. And they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> of kind of because again, British rock strikes again, you know?
2: <laughs> well, it's, and, it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing song from what I'm gathering now is that you are 100% in charge of your own destiny. I have to be. Yeah.
0: Because it's my life. Right. I don't want to be in charge of anyone else's life. Just my own. I don't. And and that in itself seems so like almost obvious and almost trite to say. Right. But for real, like some people might not want you to have control over your own life. And if you just say that to any human, they'll be like, that seems preposterous. It seems ridiculous to, like, to not have control over your own life. Right, <laughs> but yeah, it well, does. But- how, is that, how is that a thing? But for a lot of people, sometimes that's not a thing. And I realise that's a privilege to, to, to be able to say that, yeah, I'm going to follow my own path. And the, the only reason I do that is the music. Like... Right. What we've, what I have to contend with is that is a world that is still coming to terms and grappling with black women's involvement in rock and roll. Like Wait. we're still like, was it 2017 or whatever it was that Sister is that Tha' gets inducted into the genre, the whole the Hall of Fame of the genre she created. Yeah, <laughs> like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so, like, I have to walk my path for it to really reflect the things that have fed into my life. Because if I walk someone else's path, it might be inaccurate. It might be the kind of the same path that inducts Sister Rosetta Tharp decades way later than she should have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so I have to kind of tr- find what is most authentic to me. And what that is going to be is me being a product of environment, being a Brit, growing up in very ungenred, radio environment you know and and everything influencing everything else and being part of that conversation like witnessing that conversation across the Atlantic and being very aware of it and influenced by it you know like I can't I can't take myself out of that conversation and I think it's when I do I, I I then I end up adhering to a trope of some kind, like something that doesn't talk about the way that it was growing up in that era in the UK, and that we got Nirvana the same time as we got Tribal Quest, right? And we were all into that stuff equally, you know. Like it might not have been all influence, like what you're doing, but everything speaks to everything else. And you know, as much as you might go, oh, they don't seem like worlds that are connected, but then like you know, you've got. Run DMC and freaking Aerosmith kind of fully involved. Right. And I've talked to Gary Clark Jr. about, like, just the era and growing up at this time and, you know, like, just what influenced us. And we've got a very similar kind of musical kind of background in that regard. And this is when we were doing Music Cares um, for at the Grammys in 2020, um, honouring Aerosmith. <laughs> and we were just talking about that whole era And how like, important it was That genres keep speaking to each other Especially for rock and roll Because rock and roll's got so much depth to it It's made of so much stuff And it's so combinable with so much stuff it, It's a horrible thing to cheat it And make it like just for one type of person And so, yeah like I have to follow my path To
2: keep that story true And I feel like Success happening for you at the age you are now is much better than if it would have happened to you as a teenager or someone in their early 20s.
0: Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because you know why.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know why you want what you want. You don't just want something for the sake of wanting it. You know exactly why. You've traversed all the things in the wrong way.
2: Right. And, the, <laughs> and you and, 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 know
0: all what you don't want, basically. right and,
2: and then the big machine isn't manipulating you either, because uh, no, in you have that, that maturity. That have
0: been dangerous, yeah. It would for that sense of self and identity. And you see people come out of the machine not knowing who they are anymore. Exactly. And that's what's really valuable. And I, I think being able to tell like a, a deeper story, especially again, like it aligning with my part in this movie, like it's very it's very clear that I want to be talking about, you know, our relationship as black women to the guitar and like our foundational role in the, not just the creation, but the innovation of rock and roll. And talk about legends like Betty Davis and people that you can't always get footage of because people weren't filming these people because they were, they were creating stuff and, and influencing all these people. And then, you know, but not given the focus of everything that they created, and so yeah, I have to do that, and I have to be visible. You know, like it's my duty to be visible whilst yes,
2: it is. Doing, yes, it is
0: playing the guitar, like you know, um, and and speaking on my influences and all of the things that have inspired me from people of all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of. You know, denomination of you know, sexuality and like how all of that, you know, all of those things have played into, you know, the richness of rock and roll. It's just not like a strictly cis white male right environment, even though it may present as that sometimes. Like, you know, we can't extricate black people from the story of rock and roll. We I can't extricate the role of women in rock and roll, and I'm both of those things.
2: Yeah, because we need we need people like you to give this uh, give this a face, so that we're not always seeing just the white males of of which I am one. But I want to see I want to see different stuff. Yeah, um, and we Yola. Cool. <laughs> Yola, it it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I love your singing oh. voice, and now I love your speaking voice. Uh, they gave me a half hour, so I don't want to uh, go over my time. But I do want to tell people that they have to seek out your performance on Austin City Limits because it was phenomenal. thank you and for all things about yola her website i am Yola.com, twitter at i yola, and instagram at i am yola official and yeah. my last question for you is what's next for yola i mean uh, what do you have another goal that you want to reach do you want to do a james bond song what do you want to do
1: Wow. Oh, gosh.
0: People have actually, like, the James Bond thing has been something. I was like, hey, do you want to do that? I'm like, that would be fun. (laughs) Yes, it would. Uh, (laughs) I'm uh, um, heading back out on the road with Chris Stapleton to do some more Enorma Domes, including we just did Madison Square Garden. Um, Yeah, that was a real big deal. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That was emotionally a real moment for me. And uh, we're playing the Bridgestone here in Nashville as well. Um, that's been rescheduled, um, to December, I believe. Um, yeah, we've got all sorts of shows coming up. Um, th- we're working on some little surprises in the offing of new content from me, none of which I can talk about. Right. I can, please. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, um, that seems to be the, 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 the mainstay of the situation, um, okay.
2: Well, yeah. uh, I want to say, hopefully when uh, hopefully you come back to Los Angeles soon so I can come to the show and maybe say hello in person. Yes. In, uh, in conjunction with this episode, I'm going to be giving away one CD copy and one vinyl copy of Stand For Myself. Yes. And my last thing for you, Yola, is we need a playout song. So which song from the new album would you like me to use to play out the episode?
0: It's got to be the title track of the whole Gosh Darn album. It's got to be "Stand for Myself. That's All right. My, that's my rock song.
2: All right. You got it. <laughs> thank you so much, Yola. Stay safe out there. And we look forward to more stuff from Yola. Take care. Oh, thank you so much. K okay, bye.